Welcome, everybody. Hey, Fred. Hey, how you doing? Look who we got back here tonight. We got Fred in the house. I'm excited. Let's start off uh, with our, our evening joke, which will be Fred. Or Joey's doing our joke. Come on in. How you doing? Uh, Joey, recovered alcoholic. I have a joke today. All right. Um, so a panda walks into a bar. He gobbles some beer nuts, then pulls out a pistol, fires it in the air, and heads for the door. Hey, shouts the bartender. But the but the panda yes, sorry, but the panda yells back, I'm a panda, Google me. Sure enough, panda, a tree climbing mammal and dis, with distinct black and white coloring, eats, shoots, and leaves. Eat, shoots, and leaves. Uh, Play on words. <laughs> All right. Is this the one that says they're better drunk jokes? I sent you a yeah. few different ones. Yeah, that yeah. definitely is that one's like yeah. that. Yeah. Diddly do. Um, welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. Uh, let's get focused by having a uh, meditation for three minutes. And we're going to follow that by the fog light prayer. But first of all. Good evening, everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Fred. And I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start the meditation in a minute, so please take a moment to get situated. Turn off all devices that make noise and will distract others during the meditation. So, for those of you at home, turn off ESPN, turn off Home and Gardens, turn off the news. It's time to get situated for a meeting. Doc's not feeling very well. He's under the weather. So I will tell you what he's going to tell us. Everybody, get out of bed, put on some clothes, sit at a table, get a cup of coffee, and act as though you're in a meeting. Bring your book. Sit down with your book, as Bill would say. Sit with your book and sit up and get comfortable. Make the fact that you're in a meeting. This is what this is about. Imagine you're sitting next to your sponsor on one side and your grand sponsor on the other side of you. That's the attitude to come into this meeting. You like that, Fred? Yeah, I do. I, I do. like that one. Yeah, Sounds better when Doc says it, but... Um, do we, are we reading the sure, coffee Sure, just part? go for the coffee thing. Perfect. The coffee area will be closed for this portion of the meeting as to minimize distraction. And for you rebels, have all the coffee you want. Also, refrain from disturbing others by uh, talking or chatting in the rooms, uh, making happy faces and jazz fingers on your cameras. Try to keep your distractions down for the other Zoomanites. For the meditation, some suggestions are focus on your breath, your posture, breathe in God and breathe out self. Concentrate that for at least the whole three minutes. I guarantee you, you will be in such a place. You'll be so comfortable, and everything is going to be great. There we go. I didn't hear that. There we go. Better. Um, take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away, and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study. 
if we're ready, the monks are been outside socially distancing. They're going to slowly f- come on in. We'll see you guys at the end of three minutes. Let's do some meditation. want to join us in the fog like prayer if you don't know it just come along anyways god god let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost sick and dying can find your love through me and we're going to start off with our secretary's report and that would be chris tonight come on up chris hi my name is chris and i'm your recovered alcoholic secretary In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are not going around. Please contribute to your local intergroup. Or general service and New York. Okay. Even better. Get a grapevine subscription. Get a grapevine subscription. There you go. Those are good. It's like a meeting in print, I've heard. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So uh, anyway, I've asked Ben to come up here and read the recovered statement. We read the recovered statement to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what exactly it means to be a recovered alcoholic. Ben. We're going to need you to sit down too, Ben, because you're just like way too tall for the microphones. Hi, my name is Ben. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Hey, Ben. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we'd be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now saying where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Yay, Ben. Thank you, Ben. 1940s style big book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. Boom. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, and little red books. Also, big book dictionaries for sale, on deck, ready to go once we open back up. We meet every Monday, promptly at 7.15. And in addition, we also have a Thursday night meeting with Doc doing the step series. Tradition. Tradition series. And Wednesday, if you're not doing what do you do on Wednesday? We'll find out. Doc is doing a meditation meeting down in Little River. Um, it will be Zoomed. Uh, check back to this webpage. Alcoholics and God for a lot of primary purpose big book study group for the Zoom address or email us. Just click contact and we'll get that information to you. And if you're in Miami, you can always check out Little River, although, although if there's more than 20 of you, I don't know if you'll fit. Uh, all right. So we ask, yeah, that's everything. So I if have. somebody wants to get, let's say, a big book within the next day or two, what do you recommend? A big book? A big book, a tr- uh, 12 and 12 or a dictionary. Where can they go? Well, they're all on Google for free uh, in digital format. What about print? Intergroup. Go to Intergroup. Intergroup's open. Thank you. Contact them. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tried to set up up with a softball. Uh, from the four to the first edition of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Whoa, these are dirty. We have Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. From there is a solution also from the day book. <clears throat> the tremendous fact for every one of us is we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. This I must is a, say, doing a hi. meeting like this is very different. Yeah. Why? Well, I got my buddies in front of me, but I'm used to like, when I used to do a it. A room full like, of people. Yeah, a room full of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know where to look. If I'm looking at Shay, the, the camera, Chris, I don't know where we're going. Wherever God points you. Perfect. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Um, this is an opening meeting. As such, all have interest in alcoholism and the program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here. If you do not wish to do so, your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect yours. And on the anonymity, for those of you that are on Zoom, you better take your picture down if you want to stay enabled or anonymity. Now just put up your name. Of course, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, that is a private webpage, so there's complete anonymity protection involved there. Can we have a show of hands, people joining us for the first time? 
<laughs> and if you're Zooming or Facebook, give us a little wave in the comments. That's kind of cool. And can I see a show of hands with recovery alcoholics? Raise your hand. Because if you're not putting your hand up, you might want to reach out to those people who have recovered. They'll get you connected back to God, and then you can live a happy life, joyous and free. Boom. While this is an open meeting, membership <clears throat> in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility. So we're going to give everybody a moment to go into your room and grab that big book and get at your table and get ready for it because we're going to do a little bit of big booking later. But just in order to give you the time, and don't, matter of fact, don't leave yet. This is kind of the important part. Uh, before we begin our study of the big book, last week we reviewed tradition five, which means tonight we're doing tradition six. Yeah, he's still hot on fire. So let's, let's all turn to page... 562 in the big fat books or around page 177 in the little unabridged. And we've got Bill going to come and do that sixth tradition tonight. So Bill's going to come up and make himself comfortable. We try to keep that under, uh, let's, let's mute him for a second. Yeah. Um, we're going to keep that under five minutes, give or take five minutes. Hi, everybody. My name is Bill. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. And we're going to be talking about tradition six. Um... If anything I say on Tradition 6 doesn't ring well with what you understand with Tradition 6, you go ahead and ignore me. Um, tradition 6. I don't mind. There you go. Okay, the short version. An AA group ought never endorse finance or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Um, the long version is especially long for, for a change. Problems of money, property, and authority may easily divert us from our primary spiritual aim. We think, therefore, that any considerable property of genuine uh, of value, of use to AA, should be separately incorporated and managed, thus dividing the material from the spiritual. An AA group as such should never go into business. Secondary aids to AA, such as clubs or hospitals, which require much property or administration, ought to be incorporated and so set apart that if necessary, they can be freely discarded by the groups. Hence, such facilities ought not to use the AA name. Their management should be the sole responsibility of those people who financially support them. For clubs, AA managers are usually preferred, but hospitals as well as other places of recuperation ought to be well outside AA and medically su supervised. While an AA group may cooperate with anyone, such cooperation might never go so far as affiliation or endorsement, actual or implied. The AA group can bind itself to no one. Well, you know, I, I think the key here uh, in my observation is the, the separation of the spiritual from the material. Um, when we come in the AA, there's none of us that's lacking in ego. My experience is, personally, and what I've observed in many others over the years, is that we haven't developed spiritually. Uh, there's been an atrophy or an outright disconnection from it. 
So the, this is a spiritual program of recovery. And the understanding is, is that if we develop spiritually so that we can balance our material drives, ego, etc., uh, it will solve not just the alcohol problem, but any problem. So focusing on the spiritual is extremely important for AA. Obviously, these outside enterprises have to do with the material. Uh, the, the opportunity for an AA group to engage in uh, mercantile activities is a grand opportunity for grandiosity on steroids. Um, the, the way that we have these, this tradition, as well as all of the traditions, is based on AA experience. Early AA got into all kinds of different situations with different business opportunities and adventures and ideas. Uh, and most of them failed. The, the fact is, is that this comes out of bitter experience. It's not just a good idea. Um, our ego, our instincts run riot, uh, have driven us as individuals. That can also happen within the AA group where the group develops its own ego and tries to assert itself beyond its intended purposes. Uh, we could easily justify uh, going into medicine, uh, business, politics, or the law. Some of the, some of the examples that were given were that if we were to uh, start telling the world, we have the answer and you have to listen, and we're the medical experts, and we get involved in politics, politicking for uh, more advancement of this AA group or that AA group. Then, then we get involved with legislation. We're, what are we going to do? Decide that you know we're going to round up all the alcoholics and put them in some kind of internment camp, and uh, and, and we're going to decide who the alcoholics are and what they need to do to get out of these camps and to be in our good graces. I mean, that is so antithetical to everything that AA stands for. Uh, it, it's just incredible. That that would require the assertion of a ton of ego, rather than what AA has learned is that no one can be forced to fed this program. If you don't give yourself willingly to this, it ain't going to work. Um, the uh, the the suggestion in the reading was that the quest for a higher power could turn into subjugation by Big Brother. I mean, who decides? Who in this great grandiose authority that we're going to develop uh, is going to be the, the arbiter of who's alcoholic and who isn't and who's recovered and who isn't? Everyone decides that for themselves. Um, unfortunately, in thinking about this, I was a little disappointed because I came up with a great idea for a business. Uh, I was thinking that the, the break business would be a great business. I, 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 I could see the lights now. Big book bills break business. If you want to stop, I can tell you how. I mean, is that a great line? Or I mean, what, could that not be a success? Unfortunately, my group almost threw me out of the room when I suggested it to them. Good for them. Um, I always uh, was under the impression that you need to be wary of anybody who says, I know God's will for you or for this group. You know, we all need to try to understand our God's will for us. And if we start in businesses starting to use God's will 
for my knowledge of God's will for you or this group, we're on pretty dangerous ground. Not just for the people that might believe me, but I put myself in danger. I mean, if I'm involved in some kind of enterprise that takes me away from the spiritual seeking that I'm you know, intended to do in this fellowship, in this program, uh, and I'm looking into mercantile considerations, how might I end up? Might I end up a dry drunk or out completely? So there's a lot of considerations. There's, there's a lot of things that touch on to this. Um, well, okay, I could go on. As Michael knows, uh, but I, I'm going to I'm going to end it right there. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Bill. Oh, the rattle crowd goes crazy. I like that. Thanks, Bill. Um, in order for us to stay focused, want to show them real quick. Where are we at? Diddly doos. Did I do five minutes or did I go over? Yeah, you did good. You did good. So, in order for us to stay focused as we study the Big Book, we use the Big Book Study Guide, which Fred is going to show us. Uh, it was prepared by Krusty Cliff with a lot of help from Joe and Charlie, which you're going to hear a lot of their input tonight in uh, tonight's study. Uh, Krusty Cliff is of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group, which is where we started our format off and uh, have turned into what we are today. So tonight we're going to have, Bill's going to be our reader, and we're going to start the actual reading on page 46, but we're going to do the actual lesson is going to start on page 47. After the page is read, we are going to ask questions from the podium, starting back at the top of page 46, 47-ish. The answers will be a one sentence unless otherwise specified, and multi-part questions are simply a one sentence answer, split up by commas, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation. Basically in English, what Fred just said is we're going to read the bill, we're going to have Bill read the material once through it from the podium, and then we all are going to dissect that information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us new light in which to consider the study material. Why is this important? This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending <clears throat> the material covered. After we have completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what we have just read. Once again, based on what we have just read. Right. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you are free to share. And I believe... You have people call in? How does that we work? got call in too. We got a phone number, which is on a sheet of paper on here somewhere. We'll give that number out when at appropriate times we do have call in for questions or if you want to add some information to that. However, Big Book Study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different setting, i.e. sponsorship setting, please do not be offended when our sound guy cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time. <clears throat> You can never go wrong by commenting on the page, which brings us to the words of one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol, through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps, is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. So, Fred, it's been a while since you've been here. This is our 33rd, 33rd or 32nd week that we've been doing this. Yeah. And we just didn't roll the dice and say, hey, let's do We Agnostics Part 2. We actually started 32 weeks ago, and we're going to do a quick run-through. We start off in the forwards, which is important to read because that gives the newcomer an idea of the organization they're getting into, some information and historical uh, um, points of the growth of Alcoholics Anonymous to get you an idea, you know, what this lifelong commitment I'm going to be making is all about. And we follow that up with the doctor's opinion, which talks about the threefold disease, the spiritual malady, the mental obsession, the physical allergy, what that looks like. And right on the first page of the doctor's opinion, it even tells us what the solution to our problem is. So we bring the forwards and the doctor's opinions to life through a 
chapter called Bill's story. Bill's story takes that previous information and puts it into a person's life. Uh, it's like a 12-step call come to life. It's an opportunity to see the progression of alcoholism, uh, the struggles, the, the failures, the introduction of a solution, the rejection of that solution, the acceptance of that solution, and a life that's happy, joyous, and free. It's brought up a lot of the spirituality of our solution. So we have a whole chapter called There's a Solution, which marries the information on the disease and the spirituality of our solution that brings that to life. It makes you understand it more. But then again, you know, this whole spiritual life is a fine walk. There's a lot of work to this life. So we have this chapter about more of alcoholism. For the guys who are on the fence thinking, you know, thanks for all this great information. I think I can do it without all the extra work. I'm just fine with steps one and two. I'll be fine. Well, we see the complete failure in that and, you know, in, in more about alcoholism, which brings us to the, one of the most important chapters, we agnostics. Because if me, if I, if you, if Bill, as real alcoholics are required to seek and have a spiritual experience, we need to know what one looks like. Because I had no idea what a spiritual experience was. I did some mushrooms and some other stuff and tequila and saw colors and stuff like that. But that's not what we're talking about here. My spiritual experience has to do with my my feelings about being a a, a citizen, a person, a father, a friend, a a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. My relationship with God, what religion is, what God... I was just... I came in here so confused, agnostic. So we bring that to life. So we're going to... What we did in the previous couple days... Spiritual awakening, well, a spiritual experience sounds like, whoa, what happened? (laughs) And a spiritual awakening sounds like, oh, ah, ooh, hmm. You know, one is slowly and one one is instantaneous. I've had the instantaneous. Back in '84, and I, you haven't had, you still might though, right? Right. But we've had me, me, and you've had the spiritual awakening, a slow process. I'm still awake, and by the way, I do believe if you have a spiritual experience, you continue to have spiritual awakenings as you go on. Yeah, I had a spiritual experience. Oh, I'm sorry, you're turned out there when I was still out there, but then I didn't come back in. So, uh, you know, it's more than just this great awareness. It has to be followed up by something else or else it fades. Right. If you don't follow up with the work, it does go away. So we're going to start Bill reading. So we did We Agnostics. And the first part about We Agnostics is like, why do we have to read this book? Why do we read all these pages? Why do I have to read every word in this book? Because it starts us off with the question of, want to read that first paragraph real quick, Fred? Where are we at? 46 middle? Yeah, first paragraph and We Agnostics. Let's do it. In the preceding. In the preceding. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made it clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably an alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Yeah. Mike, am I an alcoholic? Don't know. You're going to have to decide that yourself. But after hearing you talk, probably a darn good chance. Well, how can I know? Two questions. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. Hmm. I have to think about that. So we're going to start picking, reading up on page 46. We got some questions just to tee us up. But we're Michael, gonna, Michael, we're, we're we're getting ready to make a third step commitment. 
Okay, that's that's what we agnostics really help me with. And before we can do that, they do a review here of steps one and two. It says, to one who feels he is an atheist or an agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he's an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. That's step one. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. That's step two. You ready to read there, Buckaroo? I'm ready and ready and waiting. Well, we got a little echoey tonight. You gonna fiddle with that a little bit for us back there? See what you can do with that. Appreciate it. Am so I we're loud? gonna <clears throat> Am I we're gonna have enough? you start reading at the at uh, page forty six, and much to our relief. So everybody want to turn to page forty six? We're basically starting at the bottom paragraph. Bottom of forty six. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding. To those who earnestly seek, it is open, we believe, to all men. When, therefore, we speak of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first con- con- conscious relation with God as we, as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of our reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. We had to use our own conception, however limited it was. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us Upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. That was great news for us, for we had assumed we could not make use of... Oh, we just bypassed an extras, didn't we? Oh, my goodness, Mike. Okay. I got a a comment here in the book. Note, extras, that Bill's plea for us to read Appendix 2, he told us to do it on page 25... Again on 27, then we and and we knew we were not good at following instructions. So he said, "Please, it's hard to say no to a begging alcoholic." So we're going to go and read this one more time. Um, I like to tell my folks the reason that we read we agnostic or spiritual experience three times is because it's vitally important. Because we're going to every time he tells us to go read it, we're going to discuss what one is. So if we're going to discuss what one is, we should really know what it's about. So we're going to go jump in and read. Uh, Spiritual experience one more time. Oh, by the way, 
people say that Bill likes to use different words to not use the same word over and over because it makes him sound smarter, and and, and it helps me a lot too. So we're gonna have. I'm gonna be. We're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna read spiritual experience okay. as soon as I find it, and then we're gonna have uh, Bill be the translator because there's a word that he wanted us to have. Because you know, when you figure specific about word. a specific word, you can jump in too when you figure out what it is. So if everybody wants to turn to spiritual experience, I'm just going to trudge right through this. We're not going to stop. I'm going to read right through it. And it's going to sound like Bill has developed Tourette's. Um, we're going to let him channel Bill W. tonight. How's that sound? Ready? Spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience Change. and spiritual awakening Change. are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality Change. sufficient to bring about recovery Change. from alcoholism has manifested itself. Change. Among us many in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes change. or religious experiences change. must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Can you get a little bit of energy out of your bill? You fell asleep. Thank you. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. By the way, what does erroneous mean, Fred? Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, good. Not in the first few. <laughs> you got that. Glad I got that right. In the first few chapters, the number of sudden revolutionary changes Change. are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, Change. they must acquire an immediate, overwhelming God consciousness, Change. followed once by a vast Change. Change. feelings and outlook. Among a rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, Change. though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety Change. because they Change. over a slope of over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference Change. long before he is himself. I got this in green. He finally realized that he's undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to Change. life. Change. Profound by way, alteration. By the way, it says to do it twice. He finally realized that he's undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life. That such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months, changes, could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. Come on, you guys, you're slowing down on us. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner research, which they presently identify with their own conceptions of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Change, Mm -hmm. big change. Most consciousness is awareness. Right. Most emphatically, we wish to say, I said it right, right, right? Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in light of our experience can recover, Change. provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated, no change, by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. <laughs> we find that no one needs to have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. Boy, that's a big change. Yeah, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is barred against all information, which is proof against all arguments, which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. What if? What if? So, the spirituality, if we were to take that into one word, what is it, Bill? Huh? What's a spiritual experience? It's a God consciousness. It's change. change. It's change. Change. So, this is, I always like to say, we agnostics is the chapter on change. Because it's changing what I think I know, even though I thought I knew it wasn't even right in the first place. So, Bill, why don't you pick up after? So now we got a little bit of idea what a spiritual experience. Sorry, I'm having trouble with the connection. 
I didn't ask you to do that anyways. Siri, go to sleep. Can I go? Yeah. That was great news for us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. Besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Hey, Bill, real quick, would you explain to us how the word prejudice is used in we agnostics? Well, it's, it's to prejudge. We've, we've already made a conclusion. We, we may not have made a decision about religion. We just made a prejudgment that it wasn't for us. Based on perhaps bad information. Bad information. Great. Old ideas. Old attitudes, ideas, and, and beliefs. beliefs. Are suddenly... Good. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. Which is a great question, right? This is why we sit yeah. down with our sponsees, we read this together, and we have conversations. You know, you started working with your sponsee on page zero. By the time we get to We Agnostics, which is chapter, I should know this off the top of chapter four, right? There's like six sessions that we've sat down and hung out with our sponsors. The forwards, the doctor's opinion, Bill's stories, there's a solution, more about it. That's like six opportunities to talk about the spiritual experience and what's going on. So by the time we get to the We Agnostics, the God thing should probably be kind of getting a little mute. We shouldn't be fighting for about it anymore. It also pins you in a corner and is like, who are you to say there's no God, right? Right. The whole thing, yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're suggesting to them that they pursue a spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience. And they're saying, well, why? Well, the reader may still ask why. He, he should believe in a power greater than himself. We think there are good reasons. Let us have a look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Everybody believes them without a murmur or of doubt. Why, why this ready acceptance? Simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without reasonable assumptions at a starting point. Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions in which there is good evidence, but no perfect visual proof. And does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof? It is being constantly revealed as mankind studies the material world that outward appearances are not inward reality at all. To illustrate, 
The prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. Right there, our perverse streak comes to, a surf, comes to the surface, and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. We read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments, thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Where our conditions, were these, were our conditions, contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists choose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? So that's where we're going to pause. We're going to jump back to page 47. We're going to start asking some questions from the second first paragraph. Um, I'm going to ask the questions, and then we're going to play tennis between Fred first. and Bill. Okay. Right. You want to say something first, Buckaroo? No, no, Fred wants to go. Fred, Fred goes first. first. Fred goes first. Awesome, Blossom. So page 47. Um, there's a comment. A very wise man once said, I believe I would rather try to live my life thinking there is a God and find out I am wrong than to try to live my life thinking there is no God and finding out I'm wrong. Boom. Let that sink in. Swear there ain't no heaven, pray there ain't no hell. Yeah. Next, okay, here goes that first question. Um, what, what question do we hear need to ask ourselves? Two full sentences. Fred. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself? Do I need to speak up or... You need to speak up and make okay. that dilly do stick by your happy okay. smile. You remember powerful voice. Right, right, right. Okay. Next question. As soon as we can say yes to that question, where are we? What has been proven? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. What has been proven? It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon a simple Sorry, cornerstone, the... a wonderful, effective spiritual structure can be built. Hmm. Next paragraph. Why is this great news for us? This was great news for, to us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. We recovered alcoholics presented spiritual approaches to our problems. What did we say? Fred, three sentences. When people presented us with the spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. Comment. Is this one of the main things we should look for in a sponsor? Hmm. Mm. What is comforting to learn? So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. Next paragraph. Ooh, this is a, what is this? A two-part question. What were we able to do, and B, what was our handicap? Besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, 
We often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. <laughs> Does that sound like uncovered? <laughs> that sounds like when we all, when I certainly came in. Next paragraph. How do how how do many of us react to the mention of spiritual things, Bill? Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. Based on old ideas and beliefs. Is this sort of thinking okay, guys? This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Next question. Even though some of us resisted the idea, what happened? Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Now, this is a two-part question, Fred. Um, part A, face... Having some trouble with the connection. I am over serious. Why is she doing that tonight here? Um, faced with what? And B, what became a what? Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we tried to be on other questions. What persuaded us? In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Isn't that true or what? Oh, yeah. Big time. Remember the saying they used to say, if God chases you out, barley corn is going to chase you back That's in? That's right. It took every relapse that I had or every white chip or every attempt to drink like normal people to get me to the point where I'm willing to go through the process for outline of the books. I had to be completely broken to find God. I had to be. Thank God he let us happen, right? Thank God our parents let us fall and bump ourselves a little bit. Three-part, two-part question. It, a one-part question. It did what? You, Fred. I lost where I Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. Two-part question. Good luck with this one, catching up. Did this happen easily? Was it one of our hopes? The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. Well, that was a new paragraph. Once again, what may the reader still ask? The reader sense? may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. Bill, what kind of reasons are there? We think there are good reasons. What are we going? Where? What are we going to do? Let us have a look at some of them. Ooh, next paragraph. Who likes facts and results? The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Uh, diddly do two part question. At this point in history, what are we willing to accept? They must be based on what? Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. What theories does Bill use as examples? We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Who doubts this power? Everybody believes them without a murmur of doubt. Two sentences. Why? Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. So we're going to take a pause and do some checking in and make some discussions about what we've covered so far. By the way, if you guys want to give us a call in, the phone should be ready. Um, we're going to try to get that to work. Area code 954-260-4767. Fred, say that number again. 954-260-99, never mind. <laughs> took a second for people to catch that. 954-260-4760. Good. So if we got that coming, we'll get the wires hooked up for that. Um, Bill, you want to share on anything we've just covered right now? Well, I think one of the most freeing uh, phrases in this whole book is at the bottom of page 46 where it says, We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. 
To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It's open, we believe, to all men. All my life, I had been told, I'm going to go to hell if I don't believe a certain way. And this is telling me that there isn't one God or one explanation of God. There are many explanations. My understanding may be different than yours, but we believe in the same spirit. It is, it is in seeking with an open mind, and God will reveal himself. So I don't have to define God going in. I can simply seek and look within myself, and it will be revealed to me. And this is a tremendous change from the way I had been indoctrinated and brought up, not just by my family or, or, or peers around me, but society as a whole. And, and that's, for some people, a very difficult thing to overcome. And this really says in very clear terms, you don't have to believe any one way. You can seek and find whatever makes sense to you. Mm. I like to tell my guys that um, I think there's something like 2,363 different words that humans use on planet Earth to describe God. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one God, but there's all these different ways in which to, con- to consider the God. Just like there's, everybody has their own thumbprint, everybody has their own specific conception of what God is. If I was to look at my mother, my conception of my mother is she's kind, loving, compassionate, she's there to help me through thick and thin. My father's got a whole different conception of my mother, you know? She's hot, she's sweet, she's beautiful, they have conversations. And my brother has a different conception of my mother. Everybody's got a different conception of God. It's the same God, but it's just different conceptions of what I was led to believe. So when I tell my guys, we imagine if you take this funnel and, it, and, and brought into that funnel as people from all walks of lives. You know, hookers, doctors, lawyers, plumbers, politicians even, everybody, right? And within that group, we've got Baptists, Muslims, Protestants, Hindus, all types of different religions. And we've got the 12 steps, which is this, this pretty definite way of a process. And then we come out the other way, and we're each allowed to go find our own spiritual path. We're not, like, forced to have this one spiritual path. We all go on the path that we were chosen to go down, which is really cool. I didn't have to take the spiritual experience that my sponsor had and try to make it fit me. I'm able to take it and personalize it. My relationship with God is my own personal way. And that's the greatest thing about Alcoholics Anonymous, I think, because your God conception is probably different than mine. Right. I mean, another thing I want to like point out, in my experience, is that through the five years, as I'm going, I'm going, I'm changing, I'm changing. When I'm changing, my conception of God is changing. Like, I <clears throat> first, I remember when I was first getting sober, it's kind of like if you could picture a father who's coming back from the army and he's on one knee holding his hands open and how that kid comes and runs up in his arms, you know? I think as you're changing, your conception could be changing as well. Absolutely. And I believe that, that my conception of God is a direct result of my experiences and, and influences over time. And, and as, as, I be, as I continue to experience new things, as you point out, Fred, uh, my conception can evolve and to change. The, the important fact for me is that I be able to connect with that in a way that gives me the guidance that I need. And that's what's important to me. Right. 1984, I was in a, up in Minnesota in the pamphlet place, the packet place, and I uh, had a spiritual experience. And 
and they had mentioned, you know, you can have your own conception of God. And, and I, I, young, and my conception of God at the time was Glenda the Good Witch, floating around in a bubble. You know, like in The Wizard of Oz, God shows up when the shit hits the fan and saves the day. But when he's not there to save me, he puts people in my life to help me make decisions. He gives me paths to choose. And Glenda's kind of snooty and uppity, so I put Dolly Parton in the bubble with her, too. So 24 years old, just learning about God and spirituality again, I chose this cinematic conception of what God is. Today, it's changed, and it grows every single day. Can I turn back to Dolly and Glenda? Absolutely. You know, that's one of my conceptions. But to me, my God is kind, loving, compassionate, and considerate. And this program, this book, has let me discover the God that works, works for me so many years. You know, and, and the good thing about this chapter <clears throat> is it, it, it gives me very clear instructions uh, on step two. Uh, back here in the beginning on page 44 when it says, to be, to con- but to continue as he is means disaster, especially if it's an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. That describes step one, Okay. But then it goes in here and says, to be doomed to an alcoholic death and to live on spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. I wanted a third, you know. I mean, I either go on to an alcoholic death or I accept spirituality. Well, over here on page 47, it tells me exactly what is necessary for step two, which is very different than what I thought it was before reading the book. Where is that, Bill? It says, do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? If, if I believe, okay, that's step two, or if I'm at least willing to believe, if I'm willing to give it a try, if I'm willing to open my mind to this idea, okay? You know, Joe and Charlie used to say all the time to me, and they said, work this program. Give it a shot. Let the program prove itself to you. Okay? If it's invalid, you'll know that. If it's valid, you'll know that too. Yeah, I love reading this chapter because this, this, this brings back so many fond memories of reading this chapter with sponsees, bringing this to life. This is one of the funnest, most exciting chapters to read with the sponsees. I love that part. I ask my guys, do you now believe, are you willing to believe that there's a power greater than, than yourself? Second step ish. Yeah, and, it's, and it it's says, about a second step of your kid, and then we emphatically assure them that we're on their way. That's the. This is just a joy to see the light starting to come into these people's eyes. Well, when yeah, you're, when you're on fire with God and you're reading this with a new drunk, you like set them on fire with God. They find God and then they go spread it. It's just a great process. And then fire plus fire, we get even more right. fire. You've right. you've lowered the bar on what it takes to believe. Okay, when you know the bar was always set very high. I had to believe all these things. And I had to believe them to the very essence of my being or else I am damned forever. Okay? That's a big ask. Okay? This lowers the bar. Do I believe that there, is, there even is a power? Or am I at least willing to believe that there's a power? If, if I can say that, I'm on my way. So, Bill, would you like to come over and have dinner tonight? No. Nah, forget that. Just say yes. Oh, okay. Yes. We're having pig brains and knuckles. Pigs, brains, and well, I'm willing no. to try. <laughs> you just messed it. Never mind. That was sort of like a bad analogy. You know, we're willing to like make a commitment, but I don't have to make a decision on what my God is going to be like until a little, little bit later. I never make a decision what my God's like. It just naturally falls into play what it's going to be. By the way, I've already had pigs, brains, but I draw the line at monkey brains. Okay, thank you. So, where were we in the question? And answer as soon area? as a man can say he does believe. Oh, uh, next paragraph, page 40. What everybody now believes what? 
Where, where are we going? We're going to page 48. Oh, yeah, bottom paragraph, page 48. Everybody. Everybody now believes what? Part two. What is lacking? Go for it. Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence, but no perfect visual proof. What has science demonstrated? And does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof? What is a steel girder? An I-beam, one of those big beams that they build no, buildings that's a from. question. You're supposed to answer that. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> the prosaic steel girder is a mass... Right no, there. no, no. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, that's it, right. right. The prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. Prosaic just means normal, right? You've been from the city, you see those those I-beams of steel, just your normal everyday series. You know, you, you go wrap your your hand on that I-beam, it is solid, right? You you smack your head into it when you walk on it, it hurts. It, the thing is solid as can be, right? right? But you take one of them electronic microscopes and you zoom in and you zoom oh, in wow. and you zoom in and you got all this wibbly-wobbly stuff going on there inside, you know? Did, to did, us, it's solid and it's this big solid beam, but you zoom in and it's this wobbly thing. It's uh, your perceptive where you're at looking at you, it. You know, when I, when I came in, I may not have an understanding or, or a connection with a higher power, but I, I found it easier to believe because like my Magoo thing where he says there's something. I always knew there was something, what it was or how to use it. I didn't always know. But I found that easier to digest than the fact that a steel beam had all these little things running around inside of it. I find that like mind-boggling. Luckily, I have that saved in my iPhone so I can zoom in and show it to them. But I, but I do believe it because science tells me so, although it's incomprehensible to me. So, three sentences. Who wants this one? Fred. I think, I think we skipped some, didn't we, Mike? Nope. Do, okay. Top of page 49. Okay. Do we doubt this theory? Three sentences. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. So we have, okay. What happens when someone wants to talk about God? We have no reason to doubt it. No, it's when, nice. however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence right there. Our perverse streak comes out, comes to the surface, and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. What thinking are we trying to support when we read books and engage in arguments? We read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments. Thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. And take us out with this paragraph. If we were right, what would be true? Instead of regarding ourselves as... Nope. We read, uh, were our contentions true? Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Next and final paragraph, what? Can you imagine if, like, if you were at that point and you think life means nothing, goes nowhere, does nothing? Like, think about it. It has no meaning whatsoever. It's, it's like, I just couldn't see it that way. But when I was first getting sober, I could definitely see it that way. Page zero. Right, page zero. I could see that nothing means nothing goes nowhere. But then you get sober a little bit and you find God and you're just like, that can't be. There's no way, and I want to swear, there's no way that you can see that. You know? Somewhere between, from page zero to here, the God thing has become, yeah. Spiritual For awakening. me, it was like, I can handle it. The spiritual awakening. Right. I don't know. It just it's it's mind-boggling to me the whole idea that you know if you look at the the physical world 
and you look at the, our solar system and our planetary systems and the, the, the galaxy and then the billions of, literally billions of galaxies and all the other things that are out there, and then science tells us that there is an equally diverse and complex sub, you know, below the, below the visual scope. It's just so perfect and so well organized. It just, it, I just can't believe there's, there's nothing organizing this thing. I mean, there's, there's got to be something. Well, luckily we have a paragraph that deals with that. Next paragraph, two-part question. Bill, you can answer this. And how should we consider ourselves, and how do some of us consider ourselves? Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists choose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Continue, take us out. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? If we are so damn smart, why can't we stay sober? Well, does knowledge keep us sober? Nope. Did fear keep us sober? No, nope. never. How about fear and knowledge together? Nope. No. How and about a little bit of God? Well, but self-will, self-will, that, that, no, that didn't work. That absent nope. for like an hour or two. So, um, if you guys want to share in a little bit about what we just talked about, we're getting close to the, We've got uh, uh, a curfew Nine that takes five. place in 45 minutes. So, we're actually going to wrap up really quick because uh, for those of you that have been trying to get in through the phone, uh, sorry we weren't able to get to you. you all you people are just going to have to call again next week, unfortunately. One of, the, one of the lines in here that I think is really a, a Sacco powerful line is faced with alcoholic distress, so I'm t- at the end of the f- paragraph and top of page 48, faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a sense of reasonableness. Do not deny the alcoholic their bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I was on my last run. I was blessed. I was shot out. Oh, and the phone rang from some, some sponsee brothers in Agulia, and I answered the phone. Just, oh, he's like, are you drunk? And I go, no, the psych meds are acting up. I apologize, you know. And next thing you know, I get a call from my sponsor, then my grand sponsor, and then some support groups. And I'm panicking because I know the AA SWAT team's on the way, you know, so I'm snorting, snorting and drinking and chugging, and nobody showed up. I just continued to go. And I came to that Monday morning beat, ready to get sober. I'm so blessed they didn't come in and like, drag me off to some detox when I wasn't wanting to. I, was, I got sober because I wanted to. I, uh, I had a boss who was a raging alcoholic, and I was in recovery. And, and I liked the guy, and he liked me, but, but you know, he would go off every once in a while. And he actually fired me one time. And I, and I had talked to him about alcoholism and stuff like that. And uh, when he called me years later and said, Bill, I'm done. He said, the one thing I always knew I could get from you (laughs) is when I was ready that you'd be there for me. And I said to him, yeah, you know what, pal? In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a sense of reasonableness. And he says, yeah, Bill, that's exactly where I'm at. Want to wrap this up for us? Yeah, say something great. Say something great for us. Put you on the I mean, spot, even though I said I wouldn't. No, Can I have your pen the, real quick? Put me on the spot. I mean, it's a great thing to be put on the spot when you're talking about God. I mean, if you really put me on the spot. Does this thing even work? Let's go no. for it. Um, I'm excited to, to next week when we get into the talk of like how there can be false gods or worshiping or, or whatnot. Like, 
Fed Vinci, you have no conception of God. I don't believe in God. BS, right? right? But you're worshiping money. You're worshiping getting tattoos. Go and get a car. All this sprees. You know, you're worshiping all these false gods, but like, you really need to be focused on the one who's keeping you sober. And that's not the money, the girls, the cars, the clothes, you know, you name it. And luckily, we slide that in very comfortably and very casually. So, we're going to wrap up real quick. Is that next week? That's next week. Okay. So, we have uh, Dilly Doo. There's talk in the background. I can't understand what's going on. Uh, closing guide. God will constantly close more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear the way the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for sponsors to introduce their sponsees to the family of Alcoholics Anonymous. If you are recently gotten yourself a sponsee, introduce them to your herd. Introduce them to your family. Give them this blue sponsee's phone number so they can reach out and get that relationship started. So if they do come across a tough situation, they've already talked to some people and they feel comfortable to reach out to them. I love it when we get back together and we start giving those medallions. I miss the concept of us being able to do that. If you need a sponsor... You know, reach out and ask somebody on Zoom, or better yet, ask somebody you know who knows somebody. You want, I always recommend you want to get a sponsor who like shows up to your home group so they actually see what you're doing rather than the stuff you tell them you're doing. Right. Um, if you want to become a member of this group, check in in a couple weeks. We should be back up and running within, hopefully, before July. We'll see. Can all home group members in the room raise your hand? Good, you guys are going to stick around and help tear the room down. Uh, thank you for, you do that one. Thank you for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week. Thursday evening on Zoom. And on Facebook Live. And on Facebook Live, we have our Alcoholics and God Step Series. It's actually a tradition series hosted by... Doc H. Doc H. And it starts promptly at 7.15. And I think he's on Tradition 7. Get your wallets and service commitments ready. Please... Uh, let's close the door. We're going to close the door. <laughs> I got Fred there. He didn't know what to say through that one. Um, like to thank everybody for joining us tonight. We'll see you guys this weekend. Uh, drive safely. Get home, you guys. Don't want you guys getting thrown in jail. Really Stay good to safe. see you, Fred. Glad you're here. Feels yeah. good. Yeah. Feels good. So um, if we if we allow, who will bring us from shame to grace? Our Father. Our Father, who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy, thy name. name. Thy, thy kingdom come. come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. See you guys next week and this Thursday. Thirsty bodies aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah, and I am ready for you to take me higher. Yeah, the only thing that I can do. I'm
smiles with you, baby, baby. Yes, when you laughing, when you laughing. Yes, the sun comes shining through. But when you're crying, you bring on the rain. So stop your sighing, baby. Be happy again Yes, and keep on smiling Keep on smiling, baby And I hope smile 
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go.
just about to start So I face each day In a brand new way Show up and plug in my guitar And I play my songs And people sing along And stomp their feet and raise their arms And here in this moment that we share Nothing could come that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
Shot. 